We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Rotoviz listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Rotoviz Radio and one of the co-hosts of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening in to another Rotoviz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Rotoviz website, the best tools and content in the business for the best listeners in the business. As always, we do appreciate you listening to each and every show. And if you do have 5, 10, 15 seconds to spare, please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app. It is much appreciated. With all that said, thank you once again for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. Now let's get back to the show. We're talking the Chiefs, Broncos, and Jets on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at Rotoviz. One of the things that I said we would do is start to take a look uh, here and there at some teams' depth charts, talk through them, see which players seem like they're going to be fantasy relevant, if there's any interesting nuggets along the way that we think that our listeners should hear. Curtis, I'm feeling pretty good tonight because. I have a pair of contacts in. I normally have not had them in, and this allows me to step further away from my uh, my screens here, lean back a little bit with the mic, and be a lot more comfortable. Uh, so I'm feeling pretty good for this episode. How are you doing? Does that explain why you're not wearing pants? Uh, <laughs> you're feeling yourself feeling yourself a little bit too much there. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm feeling good too, man. And there's something to be said for uh for for being able to see. I think we appreciate the little things as as we get a little older. I had uh, actually I had LASIK um back when I turned 30. Uh laser eye surgery and like it literally changed my life. I had pretty poor eyesight. Uh wore contacts I think starting back in like 6th or 7th grade. Yep. Um and really couldn't function like in, in sports or anything without them. And then you get once in a while, like a baseball game, it falls out in the dirt. And then you're like licking, you know, licking the contact, trying to s- slam it back in there. So you keep playing <laughs> just, you know, hor- horrible, horrible situation, like brick dust on that. Um, but, you know, when got the surgery, um, the year I turned 30 and yeah, just to wake up in the middle of the night, be able to see things. And then, you know, to be able to see the individual beard hairs um, on your, <laughs> 
on your beautiful face. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's also good. I, I think I, I truly would put my vision up against like a falcon. Um, <laughs> I, I would say would <laughs> that would be that would be maybe a fair maybe a fair battle at that. Oh point. my gosh! All right. Well, I'll have to check. So my dad and my sister are both optometrists. I'll have to ask them if they think that uh, you know with LASIK a human can see like a. <laughs> <laughs> like a bird of prey. I'm, yeah, I'm going to say probably not. Yeah. I'm going to say probably not. But um, I did, they did test me when I left and they said it was, they couldn't be for sure, but it was something better than like 2015. Wow. Um, which is basically as much as you can correct the human eye. I'm sure I've lost some of that over the last seven years staring at various uh, electronic devices at like, you know, 1230 at night in bed, <laughs> um, thinking about fantasy roster constructions yeah. late at night. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, that, that is great. I can, I can tell that you're vibing tonight. I think it's going to be fun to cut up these, uh, rosters. All right, let's just start off with the Kansas city chiefs. <laughs> we know there is a lot of goodness to be had there. Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards, Lair, Tyree kill, McCole Hartman, Demarcus Robinson, Travis Kelsey, at the running back position, Daryl Williams, Jarek McKinnon, Darwin Thompson, Byron Pringle, Cornell Powell. Do they have any chance of getting into the rotation? Or is this really just a plethora of points coming from Mahomes, Mahomes, Edwards, Alaire, Hill, and Travis Kelsey? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I want all the familiar players here. Um, Mahomes, it's, you know, I think you have to project him to smash every year. It's just very difficult even for a player of his uh, his talents and his surrounding talent to repeat, you know, as a top three, even uh, quarterback year after year after year. And so he's going to continue to be drafted as the fantasy QB one probably for the next several years, as long as, uh, or at least as long as Kelsey and Hill, that one, two punch uh, are intact. Um, he may or may not finish there um, and may finish, you know, healthily behind, you know, a true breakout performance from a player that, you know, tosses 40 and runs for 10 or something like that. Um, but, you know, you have to like it. Unfortunately, he's going like in the third round. I don't think that we can really like him for fantasy purposes uh, at his at his investment for 2021 um, redraft or best ball uh, perspective. But, you know, in Dynasty and Superflex, especially, you know, the most valuable asset in the game. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, as overpriced as he was last year, you know, for all the same reasons that we did like him last year, um, you know, he's still somewhat attractive this year. He's just a lot cheaper. You know, he's he's a round and a half cheaper than he was as a rookie for redraft purposes uh, and could potentially be undervalued in Dynasty. Tyree Kill, one of my favorite players to watch um, in the game, uh, maybe not favorite personalities per se, uh, but favorite players to watch in the game, one of the most talented receivers in the league right now. He's going to continue to command target share. We're going to eventually see that changing of the guard uh, between Kelsey and Hill um, as the the true alpha that the, the offense is, is running through. It's going to be really interesting to see which year that happens and can Hill put up like a 2,000 receiving yard season. Uh, there's a very short list of players that I think could do it. He would be on that list um, to kind of supplant Julio as the, you know, uh, chalk it in every single year uh, receiver. And then beyond that, man, uh, at the wide receiver position, it's just, it it's not inspiring. Um, even if you like the talent of one of those players, the talent gap between Hill and any of the other players or Kelsey and any of the other players 
from a mismatch perspective. I just think opposing team um, cornerback twos are probably more talented than the other wide receivers on the team. It's not even about necessarily whether the Chiefs would want to scheme to them. I just don't think that McCole Hardman's all that good at football um, or that Demarcus Robinson is all that good at football. I mean, maybe Cornell Powell with his his size will be, you know, a little different flavor to the offense. And, you know, of the guys you mentioned in all the touchdowns that the team scores, maybe he's the most interesting to me, but I, I just don't really have a lot of interest uh, beyond that. Um, and there's nothing really to be interested in or excited about behind Travis Kelsey uh, at tight end. So that that's the way I see it, man. Just give me the familiar faces in this offense. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, we have seen enough opportunity for Hardman and Demarcus Robinson for me to rule that they're not likely to be given a significant runway with which to earn more of a role in the offense. And I think we've also seen them have enough opportunity to say that even if they do get it, the odds that they turn that opportunity into something that becomes long lasting, uh, the odds aren't that great. Unfortunately, that said, you know, in like a redraft league, I, I don't have a problem with in the much later rounds loading them onto my roster because they might have some utility at various points. But to me, this looks like a position where you could kind of fall into that trap that we saw with the Packers, where there was that turnover from the Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb era into the Devonte Adams era, where we were thinking if somebody could just become the wide receiver too, that they would be locked in for something of value never really came to fruition. There is enough options in Kansas City if you want to get in that I don't recommend you try to do it with players outside of the four Curtis mentioned. A team where things are not as clear, and we have talked about them some. They have a lot of fun young players. The Denver Broncos. <laughs> is it Drew Locke? Is it Teddy Bridgewater? We don't know. You have two options at running back with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams at wide receiver. Tim Patrick at points last year was the guy kind of carrying the team from that position. We have Cortland Sutton back. Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Deontay Spencer, Seth Williams, Noah Fant, Albert O. A lot of options here, Curtis, but who are the guys that are truly going to be fantasy relevant? It's it's hard it's hard to say. I think because of the skill set that he brings to the table, um, and the injury discount that's priced in uh, after we haven't seen him for a full year. Cortland Sutton feels like the safest, I think safest investment um, at ADP. Um, Cause I, you know, we've already seen him produce with Drew Locke. Um, and, you know, I, I think because he's such, you know, a big target uh, and a mismatch down in the red zone, even if this becomes Teddy Bridgewater's team, um, I think he would naturally funnel targets toward a player like Sutton versus having to choose between players with somewhat overlapping skill sets and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, at least in the way that the team opted to use Judy, which is maybe a little bit different than what we had seen at Alabama, um, using him a little bit more as a, a deep to intermediate deep um, threat uh, instead of, you know, in all phases of the or all uh, sections of the field, rather, as a rookie. Um, Judy and Hamler make sense to speculate on. Uh, in all formats, though, because, you know, they are underpriced. And um, if they t if either one of them takes a year two step and the offense um, takes a step as a, as a result, one of them, you know, could potentially be a top 36 wide receiver. Um, and, and Hamler certainly is, I think he's like outside the top 60, maybe even top 70 right now. 
Noah Fant is as good a bet as anybody to be the tight end four um, this year. Um, certainly, certainly in the team picture of that. And, you know, he's che- much cheaper than TJ Hawkinson, who seems to have emerged as the favorite for that area. Um, so I really don't mind um, taking Fant um, when I can't get Darren Waller or George Kittle um, simply because I'm passing on Kelsey a lot in the first round. Um, Fant is one of my fallback options um, uh, in, in my draft so far this year. I think I think where the story is really um, going to focus on for 2021 from a fantasy perspective, though, is the backfield. Because when you think about the Broncos, I mean, Mike Munchuk, uh, he's just been such an amazing offensive line coach um, for the balance of his uh, coaching career and success just seems to to chase him around. And you know, he's been rebuilding that offensive line. They've made some early uh, investments. And then, you know, now they bring in Melvin Gordon as a big name free agent last season. And then they add Javante Williams in the draft this season. If they were to commit to just one back uh, and at like a really true 1A level where, you know, it's like 60 plus percent of the touches uh, doubling up on the 1B in the committee, um, it it would be impactful. And that player, whichever player it is, would vastly outperform draft position. And, you know, one of the core tenets of zero RB drafting, Dave, is to target those ambiguous backfields. This is a very ambiguous backfield, and, and but it just feels so unsafe to draft either player. But it's a it's a spot we should probably be speculating in. And I personally haven't been able to land on on which player I prefer. I mean, you know, Gordon... Gordon's been undervalued most of his seasons in the NFL. I feel like um, almost always outproduces ADP probably every year since his rookie season. It seems like he's done that. Um, But, but Williams behind a stout offensive line and with all of his ability to make people miss, you know, know, maybe it's a situation where they both smash just during different parts of the season and Williams overtakes him at the end, uh, which is something we see happens, you know, with rookies a lot. So um, I, I actually like, investing in this offense a lot because I feel like everyone is fairly priced. Um, even the quarterbacks, you know, if you go with a, a three QB build, um, I really don't hate the idea of choosing either one um, because whoever wins the job, if you, if you guess right on that team and you're a volume best ball drafter, for example, um, you know, there, there's so much talent around. I mean, the quarterback probably outperform his draft position too. So um, maybe a sneaky team to invest in, but I really... I just don't have the answers, man. I really don't know which player would end up being, you know, the smash. So I'm really curious to see how you see this one, Dave. Yep. I have spent a significant amount of time contemplating Denver. I do think that um, as we approach August and I start drafting the teams that I really care about, I am going to have Broncos players on those teams. Uh, I won't have a tremendous amount of exposure to any single one player, but I do think that I want Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton on my teams. They're both going around that wide receiver three cutoff, um, you know, around like 30, 35. We'll see if that 80 poop, if that 80 P I think I just said 80 poop. It almost sounded like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's, that's how you know, we're both living the dad life, man. It's like uh, fantasy grinder slash uh, fantasy dad, uh, 80 poop. (laughs) Eighty <laughs> poop. All right. So at that ADP, I, I would imagine that I'm still going to be taking them, you know, sporadically. Um, 
I, I do like Fant as a tight end. So he's a guy that I actually will be having on a lot of teams because I, I am disinclined, even though maybe it should be different and maybe I'll do things differently this year to pay up very often for tight end at the running back position. You know, I, I'm inclined to say that I like both of these options as well. They're currently at 26 and 32. Interestingly enough, the rookie Williams is at 26. Gordon is at 32. And I'm talking about positional ADP. So I think the answer is, is that you can go out, you can draft these players because they're more or less all fairly priced. Like you said, even the quarterbacks, I just wouldn't go crazy on any of them forced to choose. I like sudden more than Judy. Um, I think that it's more easy for me to f picture him fitting in um, with both quarterbacks than just Judy. Um, and then as far as the running backs go, Oh, it's really tough. I wish that the ADP was flipped, um, but it, I think forced to choose, I will go Williams just because it seems like he's more likely to be the guy that closes out the season. And, um, you know, that is probably more so when I would feel that I would want to get that production. But those are kind of flimsy answers. Yeah, I think that's OK, man. We're still kind of figuring it out. Um, luckily, um, with both of those running backs having depressed ADP, they're they're both highly defensible uh investments at this point really regardless of of your roster construction strategy uh and and your draft right now like the whether you're you're drafting a, a zero running back team or one elite rb team you know whatever you want to call it um th they're both so cheap that you know you, i mean you could hypothetically even you know if you just had auto draft go on and, and they both landed on your team they could possibly both outperform, you know, RB 32 and your, your roster still be okay. Um, with the quarterbacks that the Broncos has to choose from to trot out, probably their best option in games not played against the Kansas city chiefs, uh, will be to keep games close, uh, early on and pound it with both of those guys. Um, you yeah, know, for what, what'll be interesting to see play out is if one of the two emerges as more the receiving back and they actually, um, try to, uh, you know, fit them into actual roles or is it, you know, are they both interchangeable um, as three down backs and, you know, just kind of spelling one another. So um, something to monitor, maybe one of the more interesting backfields to monitor throughout um, training camp um, and even throughout the preseason, um, depending on what all of that looks like. And I, I, I can't help but think that it's going to be a really key backfield for the type of drafting we do here at Rotoviz but I just feel like we need a little bit more information or time to go by before we can really strongly recommend um, one of them over the other. Yeah. So maybe right now, if you're just in the best ball drafts, you make sure that you're getting a little bit of each one. Let's talk about the jets, a team that has not had too much to talk about from a fantasy perspective for what feels like many seasons. Now, I think that we have talked about them in a negative light, probably as recently as a couple weeks back, but let's just look at the roster Zach Wilson at quarterback, at running back, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, Michael Carter, LaMichael Pirine, at wide receiver, Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder, Elijah Moore, Keelan Cole, Braxton Berrios, two Smiths, Jeff Smith, and Vincent Smith, at wide receiver, Chris Herndon, and Tyler Croft, and Ryan Griffin. A lot of names, but are there any of these names that we actually care about for fantasy purposes in 2021? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's it's tough, man. Um, it's tough. Uh, Zach, so if you play like super flex best ball or super flex redraft, uh, maybe Zach Wilson could be on your QB3 radar. So we'll just get that one out of the way. Um, I think, you know, based off of what we see on the depth chart and what the team is telling us, um, and this is super gross. This feels like a comment from like 2016 or something. I feel like Tevin Coleman's probably not price right. Um, and, and it's so gross, man. I can see you like gagging. Um, Tevin Coleman's going at RB56 with an ADP outside the top 200. So um, there are examples of drafts where, you know, he's going, ex- you know, extremely, extremely late. Um, we're talking, you know, round 16, round 17 range. And even if he only is the true starter until the team's like mathematically eliminated from contention, which in a 17 week season or 17 game season might be more like week uh, six or seven now instead of week four uh, for a lot of teams. Um, if if he's going to be, you know, the early game hammer, you know, they're they're running the 49ers offense, I think is their their plan here. Coleman understands that offense. Um, you, know, you can come in and be the veteran presidents and give them you know, a chance to evaluate how the line's blocking. Um, just one thing to not worry about until Michael Carter's ready uh, to be the lead there. So it, it's hard. I mean, but I think, you know, I think in teams where you wait really late on running back and want to collect them all uh, at the end, Tevin Coleman might have a place there uh, or at least potentially be an early season priority waiver target. Um, Michael Carter he's he feels a lot like Devin Singletary did as a rookie. I mean, if you just rewind a couple seasons ago before Josh Allen had really ascended um, and the Bills offense um, had had emerged, you know, Singletary was a little bit of a lesser known commodity, a little bit undersized. Um, but we also had questions about, you know, how good would the offensive be? And then in that situation, it was, you know, Josh Allen being a runner, how would that potentially hold Singletary down? Um, you know, Carter, I mean, there's only some overlap here, but I'm not sure how good the Jets offense is going to be. How much are they going to score? You know, and so maybe it's just lack of overall touchdown opportunity rather than a quarterback stealing some of those away. Uh, you know, priced in as an RB3, um, it's fine. If he's really like a difference-making player 
you know, the type of guy that could hold Javante Williams touches down in college. Um, maybe that'll show up in the NFL and he'll actually like help make the Jets a better team, um, even as a rookie. Um, that's probably within the range of outcomes, but just not a just don't like to target running backs from bad teams. Um, I just really don't like to do it. Um, and then, you know, the wide receivers, things are going to get interesting because the team asked Jamison Crowder to take a pay cut. Uh, and by the time this episode launches, you know, he may not even be on the team uh, at that point, which is really going to clear a runway for Elijah Moore. Um, and so, he, you know, he is actually probably the wide receiver I'd be most interested in. Um, I think he's the most talented one on the offense. And even though, you know, uh, I guess the uh, Corey Davis and Denzel Mim just seem like twins to me. Um, I'm not sure who would emerge, you know, over the other. And I'm not sure, you know, which one the quarterback will prefer. I'd rather just, you know, target Elijah Moore in the slot, who I think will be basically impossible to defend there. Um, if if there's, you know, representative quarterback play happening, which I think is, is debatable to my earlier points. So, man, um, summing all of that up, maybe Tevin Coleman's the most interesting player um, for me at this point of the season. Um, try to respond to that. Well, I have made an agreement with myself that I am done with Tevin Coleman. Um, and I know that sometimes we shouldn't just assign a blanket. I am done. But the reason that I feel okay with it at this point at Tevin Coleman is for about four or five seasons, he has been tricking me. And I think it's pretty easy to conclude that after four or five seasons, maybe there just isn't anything there. Even with the volume that he could potentially have It's not volume that you want to begin with. Um, it's on a team where that volume could really be pretty meaningless. Um, I understand your point. Uh, personally, though, I will be staying away from Coleman. I would maybe even ra rather go after Carter with that RB31 ADP. The only player that I really could have made a case for as somebody that I was going to draft a lot would have been Jamison Crowder when he was going at wide receiver 70 because I felt like if he were with the Jets, his volume would still be high enough that he could outplay wide receiver 70 ADP. But, you know, as you mentioned, his status looks like it could be changing fairly soon. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I don't hate Corey Davis at his ADP of wide receiver 49, but I just don't really see myself ending up with many of these players on my team. The question I did pose at the top of the show, though, was which players are going to be fantasy relevant? I think that you end up with Corey Davis somewhat relevant, Denzel Mims for a couple of weeks, and I'm afraid to go out on a limb and say Elijah Moore, even though I do think he's the best wide receiver on the team. It's just hard for me to picture him getting up and running so early with a quarterback coming in to a team with a new head coach, a team that we don't expect to be good. And even if he does get going, the odds are that it's probably so late that it wasn't very useful for you. Um, so again, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm having trouble framing this outside of a, uh, like <laughs> managing a team context, just of these players are going to be relevant. Yeah. Really, Curtis, mean, the summary here is just the jets. It, it, it's bad. Yeah, it is bad, but, um, I'm going to dig in a little further on this whole idea of Tevin Coleman over Michael Carter, um, at ADP because yep. Michael Carter, I mean, I'm looking at the FA FFPC, uh, best ball exposures and, uh, ADP report here. Uh, just a, a great way to kind of visualize everything. 
um, that's going on in the format. Michael Carter's got an ADP of 81.6. Um, I I would have to draft him right now. And I mean, his ADP is probably going to climb because we see that with the rookies, um, you know, absent injury or contract issues and typically climbing toward the season. So he's going before uh, Melvin Gordon. He's going before Robbie Anderson. He's going before Jerry Judy. He's going before Debo Samuel, Tyler Boyd, Curtis Samuel, Will Fuller. Like, okay, like he's going he's gonna to be relevant because he's going to get a lot of touches in an offense, but we don't really like the offense that much. Um, and the team has already said that he's not the starter right now. So like the op- information that we have doesn't really support this ADP at all. Like people are really going in on their talent evaluation of Michael Carter, which feels a little precarious. <laughs> feels a little precarious um, to spend a seventh round pick. Like he's not going in the tenth; he's going okay. in the seventh round, man. So like Tevin Coleman at two hundred overall, like before last year, which you know last year he had, um, you know he missed half the season, uh, and, and you know he never really was able to get back into the the flow of things because of of how that year unfolded. Uh, with that squad but in years 2016 through 2019 uh, he had no fewer than five top 24 weeks in any of those seasons Um, you know he's he's definitely a player like on the decline but you know even though he never really you know delivered the the true smash season that we would have wanted like you know he was a quote-unquote fantasy relevant player in all four of those seasons so um, yeah I think that's you know with the 120 pick ADP gap between him and Carter. Uh, I'm just liking him a little bit more. Okay. To be clear, (laughs) I was not saying to our listeners that I want you to go out there and draft Michael Carter uh, and and exclusively say to yourself, I've got to get Michael Carter and I cannot take Devin Coleman. What I'm saying is myself, I would be, but yeah, you're right. There's, there's really no reason to be drafting Michael Carter. When you look at the wide receivers that are going around him, I'm not going to be drafting either of these guys, but if I were forced to do one, I'd, I that's ha, that's ha, the distaste, the level of distaste that I have of the thought of drafting Tevin Coleman at this point that I would actually essentially make a bad pick here and go Michael Carter. But basically, uh, as people can see, I'm just not drafting Jets. I don't think. Yeah, and and I mean, I think I would feel better about taking Corey Davis than those guys. Yeah, I mean that's probably fair. Just looking down through ADP, he's Corey Davis is among presumed team wide receiver ones. He's probably the cheapest one in the NFL. I mean, wide yep. receiver 49, 139 overall, uh, 138 overall, rather. I, I can't find a presumed team wide receiver one going later than that. Not to say that he'll definitely lead the team in targets. It's possible Denzel Mims or Elijah Moore could do that. Um, but the team, the, the money says, uh, literally his contract says uh, that he's the team's um, wide receiver one. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't mind that. I mean, it's going to be, it's, it's definitely cheap production. Um, and there could be a lot of garbage time going on in New York. Uh, the question is, you know, can Corey Davis actually, you know, win matchups on his own, which, you know, and uh, we could spend a lot more time than is probably deserved on this topic. But um, I, I would I would submit for consideration that he's probably not a di- difference making receiver, given that we didn't really see the production from him until the team had, you know, another much more talented player opposite uh, and now, you know, the, you know, the Jets are expecting him to come in and be the alpha, which he was not able to do in Tennessee for so many years. So one of my favorite podcasting moments of all time was when I brought up Corey Friedman and I were doing like a recap show of like, uh, 
you know, like draft classes and, and we were doing the one that had Corey Davis in it. And I like tried to like off the cuff, make a case that like Corey Davis wasn't as much of a disaster. And Matt was just like completely seriously, like, are you out of your mind? And, uh, you know, like I, I quickly realized like how outlandish it was that I tried to make the case that he wasn't that much of a disaster, but he then ended up to some extent last year writing that ship because it was last off season that that came up. I actually think I Looks might like have found a, a cheaper presumed team wide receiver one. Um, now that we're okay. talking about it, uh, I think Las Vegas, Las Vegas made him cheaper. Is is Henry Ruggs the top? I mean, we're 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 totally derailing on this third team here, but I think it's important to double. It's, it's important to provide all the context here. I I think it, unless somebody's going above Henry Ruggs, and I don't think that's the case. Um, let me just double check Johnny Brown. Using the same tools here. No, Rugs is still uh they they were similar back in February, but there's a you know, there's a pretty big gap now. We'll just be yep. very specific and throw in Hunter Renfro. Um, he's going way, way, no, way, he's way, going way, late. way below Brian Edwards. Um, yeah, so Henry Ruggs is another round cheaper despite than Corey all those, Davis. Uh, despite all those screens and those missed tackles we talked about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I will now so, and, and I hate Henry Ruggs. So this will tell you how much I don't want Corey Davis on my <laughs> squads. Um, I, I, I don't like Henry Ruggs at all, but I would rather place a chip uh, on um, ADP 160 Henry Ruggs breaking out in year two. Um, and what I think is a much better offense in, in Las Vegas, I would rather spend that pick around later on a wide receiver than select um, Corey Davis even if he's a better bet for for higher volume, I, I just I just think that a rugs breakout and a rug ceiling would eclipse anything that could potentially happen in in New York this year um, with just everything basically being started over with the new regime, new quarterback, uh, what have you. So I, I, we're actually going to end this New York Jets segment with me having stumped for Tevin Coleman, and it's 2021. I need a shower, man. This is this is awful. <laughs> I agree with the point on Henry Ruggs. I think that's well taken. That does take us to the end of the episode. Reminder, if you want to win a shirt, go to 978-615-9214. I would also really appreciate it if you could go to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be huge. Curtis, it's a Friday. You have any closing thoughts for us? Yeah, man, last week, I just want to, I want to follow up on last week. Last week, I encouraged, you know, listeners to go do something nice for somebody. I hope that you took some time to do that. Um, I, I had a couple things, um, some that really filled up my own cup and others that backfired on me. Um, so I'll, just a, a personal story here. Uh, my brother-in-law, uh, he's actually uh, a mate. Uh, well, I don't want to be too specific and give his idea anyway. He's a high-ranking military official Uh and, and they're on a deployment um, activity uh, right now, de deployment prep activity right now. And so I live next door uh, to my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, and their three kids. And so I'm kind of, I'm, I'm dad in my own house, and I'm, I'm kind of uh, uncle slash dad uh, in the other house right now. And so I'm, you know, I know they're, they're missing dad, whatever. So I've been trying to ramp up my activity level with the other family. And tonight I thought, you know what? Hey, it's Monday. It's summertime. I'm just going to take them some ice cream. Okay, so... I, I, you know, I, I try to buy this ice cream. Listen, this custard place in my hometown, they give you the ice cream and it melts like 
dude, like freaking eight seconds after you buy it, like every stinking time. <laughs> and I get so mad because it melts and it goes over the, the the brim and they give you, they don't like have like, you know, when you buy like a slushy and there's like the dome lid that they can put on stuff yep. Yep. Or, or like any, like any normal ice cream company, right? You put the dome lid on, if nothing else, because you can cram more ice cream in there afterwards. But no, they don't give you any of those lids. And so the stuff just starts literally from the time that I walk out of the store to my van, the stuff is already dripping on my hands. And so then I try to put it into the car and then I spill a bunch of it onto the floor mats in the car. And then I dump one, like half of one of the cups (laughs) on my new, my brand new, beautiful nike ac court white tennis shoes oh god dude and i'm freaking <laughs> i'm just losing it dude i take like my shoe off i'm like pounding on the ground trying to get the ice cream off of it um before it just like ruins my shoelaces like it's like total like pets heads falling off from dumb and dumber moment i'm just trying to do something mm-hmm. nice so listen if that was you last weekend you tried to do something nice and you felt like it blew up on your face okay give it a second chance um do something nice this weekend if it didn't go the way that you thought it would, I promise it will this time. It's it's like, you know, it's just, it, that's the way statistics work. Like, you you know, it, if it didn't happen last time, it's going to happen this time or whatever, right? I mean, we can probably come up with uh, some sort of analytical <laughs> argument in support of that. Uh, it's it's the way the universe balances things. But anyway, please, you know, just, just throw something positive out there. I mean, I'm, I'm really passionate about that. I mean, a lot of crap going on in the world and you know, I think the listeners of this pod could could be some of the people that could turn that around. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, um, you know, go to rotoviz.com, um, check out um, the actual written content in our tools. Um, Dave and I have been bringing the heat the past couple of weeks. We've been seeing subscriber activity really go through the roof. I think we're going to have like our third straight year setting new records for subscribership, Dave. And the only thing worse, easily, um, yep. the only thing worse than not being a Rotoviz subscriber is having to is being not being a Rotoviz subscriber and then playing against Rotoviz subscriber in your league. And I really don't want you to be that. I don't want you to be playing against people that listen to this podcast and do sub because you're not getting all of the information. Um, you don't have the tools at your disposal. Um, and and like I said a couple of weeks ago, um, I think I think you know the sun is setting on you know our 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 package and you know what we have to offer being available at the prices that it is so take advantage of that um this month don't wait go ahead and lock that up and then use that information go out and draft a best ball team whether you've played best ball before or not um you are just going to go in feeling so empowered and so curious um about a lot of the roster construction things that that sean uh, and blair are talking about some of the players that our other analysts are pumping up and, you know, of course, you know, applying some of the, the rationale from everything that Dave and I have been talking about in recent weeks in your draft as well. So plenty to think about there. Uh, and, and I'll leave you with this final thought. Um, just really appreciate um, everyone listening to the show. Uh, our numbers are, are really um, through the roof. Um, I think um, it, it's very clear um, that you as an audience are enjoying the, the three shows per week. And, you know, Dave, didn't, Dave and I in the early days didn't know how you would respond to that. Um, but we're, you know, we're very thankful for your loyal listenership and for you spreading the word because uh, it appears that that more people are taking an interest in the pod than ever before. So I would love for us to just stop there, but dude, I got I got to follow up. Are we to assume that the Dynasty Commander is driving around in the ship that he is, you know, bringing through the streets of Ohio is a van? 
Is that what we heard? Oh, absolutely. I, well, listen. So my personal daily driver um, is <laughs> it's much more styling. Okay, but it. But okay, listen, okay. you, you, you got to own who you are and who I am as a family man. Yep. Uh, and, and I'm a man of the people. And what's best for my family is absolutely a, a minivan. Um, so I've I've got the WeatherTech mats from the front to the back. I can get them out and power wash them down. Total dad moding. And uh, thankful because if I had spilled that frozen custard uh, in my beautiful vehicle, it would have been a much different situation. Um, so I'm glad it, I'm, I'm glad it happened in the van of, of the two vehicles. All right. Perfectly fair. All right. And now I think we can officially wrap things up. Thanks for listening to the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Email us at RotoVizFFShow at gmail.com. Visit RotoViz.com forward slash podcast for more information on listener-only discounts. And until next...